2: You're listening to Eye on the Community. I'm Vicki Pepper. Assuming you aren't a veteran or other person who suffers from post-traumatic stress, fireworks can be fun. But those big booms and cracks are terrifying for our furry friends, and more pets go missing on the 4th of July than at any other time of the year. Here to discuss how to keep our furry family members safe during the 4th of July and all summer long is Ryan Long and Jackie Shart, Animal Services Operation Chiefs at Riverside County Animal Services. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you you for for having us. Start by telling us the services that the Riverside County Animal Shelter provides across its campuses.
1: Riverside County Animal Services, services, animal control, animal evacuations, stay and neuter services, low-cost vaccine clinics, a pet food bank, lost and found, pet adoptions, and pet foster programs from the edge of Orange County, all the way to the Arizona border.
2: And what kind of increases do you see in the shelter intake on and immediately following the 4th of July?
1: Well, in our industry, we kind of joke that the 5th of July is our busiest <sighs> day of the year. We find a lot of pets go astray. They're scared. They're frightened. They jump out of their yards. They break through fences. They uh, do any any means necessary to, to try to run They find themselves a lot of times here at the shelter. Mm
2: -hmm. And what does that mean for the animals who are in the shelter? So for us, our biggest concern
0: is the quantity of animals. Because the more animals that we have, we have to worry about space and capacity. And we also have to worry about stress and potential disease spread. So really important for us to try to keep owners and pets together over the holidays and not have them here at the shelter.
2: And what steps can pet owners take ahead of time to keep their pets calm when fireworks go off?
0: You know, our biggest tip is to
2: prepare for the unexpected.
0: So we know a lot of people probably adopted pets during COVID, so this might be a lot of pets first, fourth of July. So making sure that pet has a crate or the bathroom or an area in the house that's contained. Because the other thing we worry about the 4th of July is families gathering and potentially having barbecues. So the dog might be hanging out with the family, hear a loud sound, and then disappear. So we just really want those pet owners to be prepared with secondary containment so the pets aren't at risk of being suddenly scared.
2: So ideally, you would want to keep your pets inside during the 4th of July. What about for pets who don't have that option or who are left outside?
0: Yeah, so for pets that are outside and that they're used to being left outside... We always recommend people doing a fence check and a perimeter check. One year we had a large group of ostriches that came into the shelter, and I think they were a perfect example that there was an area of the fence that wasn't secure, but the owner never noticed. So on the 5th of July, we were wrestling nine ostriches, and they were just a great example of just always making sure that those fences are secure.
2: So you would prefer that the ostrich races be limited to the fair? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Absolutely. They
1: are very fast. (laughs) You know, one of the other things that people can do for their pets is is somebody stay home. Miss out on going to see the fireworks to to ensure that your pets and your family members are safe. It's extremely traumatic for families to come back after an event where they have a barbecue, they're having a fantastic day, and come home and their pet is gone. Nothing will break your heart, and nothing can prepare you for having to deal with that. But, you know, obviously staying home is a good option for people.
2: Are Thunder Shirts effective for dogs?
0: They can be. We have seen, and there's been studies published, that for some dogs the Thunder Shirt actually does provide them some level of support. Our concern is that we have seen many animals impounded with their Thunder shirts. Mm. So it doesn't work for everybody, sadly.
2: If a pet does go missing, what steps should an owner take?
0: So our first step is that before their pet goes missing, we hope that they'll make sure that they have a updated information on the pet's microchip and have a current caller tag, you know, that has the owner information on it with a current phone number. But if the pet goes missing right away, they should be checking the local social media apps So we're finding that a lot of community members are connecting on Nextdoor and also on Facebook lost and found pages just for pets. And absolutely checking our shelter website that's updated every 30 minutes with a current photo.
2: And for owners who are just now realizing, oh my goodness, my pet isn't microchipped, where can they go to get that done?
1: There's appointments available on our website for vaccination clinic and microchipping clinic. Most microchips can be inserted at veterinary clinics in the area. There are some feed stores that do provide veterinary services on the weekends. That's probably the best place to do it, or, or your local veterinarian can try to squeeze you in as well.
2: And explain how microchipping works. A microchip is a radio frequency
1: device, if you will. It's about the size of a grain of rice that's implanted generally between a pet's shoulder blade. It has a radio frequency that we use a scanner. By law, every animal that comes in to any of our facilities and any animal control agency or veterinarian has the capability of scanning a microchip. The microchip information is essentially a database, and it's a permanent form of identification for pets. A lot of times when stray animals come in, we're able to easily and quickly contact the owner and say hey, just want to let you know, Fluffy's arrived at the shelter, can you come and get her? Or now our officers all have microchip scanners in the field, and they're calling people before the pets are even impounded into the shelter.
2: Wow. Awesome. As the weather heats up, the chances of a wildfire increase. How should pet owners prepare their pets in the event that they have to be evacuated?
0: Well, that one is really sensitive to us because I don't know you can ever be totally prepared for an emergency but we definitely want people to make sure that they have carriers or some sort of containment available because not all pets are dogs and cats. So in the event of an emergency, reptiles, large pythons, cats, et cetera, you want to have some form of containment that can quickly place the pet in there safely and and move that animal via car. The other thing is always making sure we have collars, leashes, harnesses, whatever supplies you need on hand to contain that pet, and you might also be grabbing other pets along the way that other folks might need help moving. So having those collar tags, harnesses, collars, carriers are are really critical.
2: I'm speaking with Ryan Long and Jackie Shart, Animal Services Operations Chiefs for Riverside County Animal Services. Why is it so dangerous to leave a pet in a car unattended? Is it ever okay even if the air conditioner is on or a window is cracked?
1: Absolutely not. We found that, you know, there was a study, I don't know, a few years ago where a guy... It was 75 degrees outside, and he sat in the car with the windows cracked with a thermometer. And within 30 minutes, the ambient temperature of that vehicle was over 130 degrees. Oh, my God. Um, and a- Absolutely not.
0: And in addition to that, just putting you and your family at risk. You know, your vehicle can be stolen. We've seen definitely an increase in animals stolen that have been in vehicles and I think intentionally there are people that mean well by breaking the windows but we've also seen people breaking the windows in theft scenarios with
2: pets included. We had some pretty hot weather this past week and it's safe to say that there's going to be a lot more of it this summer. What steps do we need to take to keep our outside pets cool?
1: Well obviously all animals should have uh, access to clean fresh water and you should probably have it in multiple sources in your yard and not just one bucket that suffices during the winter because as the sun moves over your property, the temperature changes, the temperature of the water could change as well. And what once started out as a shaded area is now in direct sun in the afternoon, and, and basically it's boiling that water for you. So, you know, we recommend putting misters up if you have the capabilities to do that. Some sort of shaded area, the pets will move to where they're the most comfortable in your yard, regardless if it's a pot belly pig or mm-hmm. if we're talking a dog, a cat, or a horse, they'll go where it's most comfortable.
2: Is it okay to take our dogs on a walk on a hot asphalt when it's hot out?
1: Absolutely not. You should never walk your pet on hot asphalt. And one rule of thumb is place your hand on the surface that you're asking your pet to step up on or walk on. If it's too hot for your hand, it's absolutely too hot for their feet. We have had cases that have come in where people thought it was a good idea and what they did was burn the pads of their pet's feet. A horrible situation, extremely painful because anytime that animal needs to try to move around, they're having to put pressure on that area. And
0: this is our plea to pet owners. I know we're just coming out of the pandemic and California is starting to open, but we are begging you to stay home and keep your pets home. Because any additional stress, especially in the heat, is putting your pets at risk.
2: I feel like we hear this a lot, but it just doesn't sink in with a lot of people. Why is it so important to spay and neuter our pets?
0: Well, for us, I think the overall concern is that pets that are not part of a breeding program, they are absolutely at an advanced risk for complications due to pregnancies. And we're always worried about unwanted, unwanted animals. So if your pet's part of a breeding program, that's one thing. But if it's just your family companion animal, they're definitely at risk of complications from pregnancies. And, and we don't want to see unwanted babies ever.
2: I've been speaking with Ryan Long and Jackie Shart, Animal Services Operations Chiefs at Riverside County Animal Services. Is there anything else you want us to know? And where can we go to get more information about anything that we've been talking about today?
1: Well, our website is rcdas.org. We've got a list of frequently asked questions there, how you can get involved in the organization if you're interested in fostering, tips and tricks for any kind of pet issue that you may have. We've got some training advice on there as well. We've got some just ways to get involved into the community and how we can make a difference together. And two of our
0: exciting programs that we just like to mention real quickly is we're engaging our community and we're asking for people to sign up as volunteer ambassadors. So that would be so crucial for us during the 4th of July and during the summer. We actually provide those volunteers with microchip scanners. And we ask Mm -hmm. you to be a community liaison and work with the department to help those people that find pets scan for microchips and help that reunification.
2: How would someone get involved with that? So they
0: just reach out to us via our website. We have opportunities there on our volunteer website that says community ambassador and they can find out more information there.
2: Thank you so much for talking with us today, and thank you for helping to keep our furry friends safe.
0: Mm, thank you for you your It was our pleasure. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively... Sports.
1: clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word.